Welcome to Coach Bennett's podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Coach Bennett's Podcast. This is episode seven, Every Run Has a Purpose, and we will indeed talk about how every run has a purpose. In fact, every run has many purposes, and you better believe this is about running and this is not about running. We also kick off the episode talking about running in hot and humid weather and how a great run needs to end as a safe run. We've got the mailbag and we've got discussions about a little bit of so much more. So get ready because we're getting ready to start. Welcome to episode seven of Coach Bennett's podcast. Every run has a purpose. That's right. Episode seven is called Every Run has a purpose. We're going to be diving deep into one of the foundational pillars of my entire philosophy as a runner, as a coach, as a teammate, and as a person. Because as always, this is about running. And this is not about running. We've got a really kick-ass episode today. I'm excited for it. We're going to start by talking a little bit about what's been going on since the last time we spoke, which was episode six. And really, this is going to be a message to everyone, whether you're dealing with it or not. And what I'm talking about is the heat wave that seems to be blanketing most of the earth. There are parts of North America that are literally on fire. Canada is dealing with probably their worst fire season ever. I believe it's 25 million acres, which is the size of Kentucky. The state of Kentucky is basically on fire in Canada, and much of the East Coast, I think over the next week, is going to be getting that smoke coming down from Canada. You've got temperatures over 115 degrees every single day in places like Phoenix. I know that there's a place in China that hit 126 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, these are insane temperatures. Parts of Europe are getting crushed with their own heat wave. It is bad news. So I want to start first by just giving you a few tips on how to run in hot weather, but also start by saying sometimes the best run is no run. Okay, I've been dropping this over the last week to 10 days on some of my social media, whether it's uh, threads or on Instagram um, or on Twitter, which is its own little dumpster fire, but I've been posting maps that show the heat index, maps that show where there's extreme temperatures, and I've been writing, sometimes the best run is no run, and then following that up with the simple fact that a great run, a good run, a run worth doing, first and foremost needs to end as a safe run. So I know we're getting all serious here at the beginning of the episode. I don't really care. You need to hear this. If you're going to put yourself in danger, 
if you're going to be putting yourself in a situation that you are unprepared to deal with, if there is a greater risk than there is reward for what you're doing, you don't do it. Believe me, going out for a 30-minute run when it's 115 degrees out is not hardcore. It's dumb as hell. It's stupid. It doesn't make you a great athlete. It makes you worse. You should not be exercising in those conditions. Don't tell me, well, I can run in the shade. It doesn't matter. If it's 115 degrees outside, it's 115 degrees in the shade. It's just not smart. And, and there are too many charlatans out there that say things like, you know, go hard, go home, no pain, no gain. Whatever doesn't kill us only makes us stronger. Okay, no, actually, that's not true. Whatever doesn't kill us makes us stronger. No, there are so many things that don't kill us, but make us weaker, make us sicker, injure us, hurt us, make us worse. And running in extreme temperatures, running where you are putting yourself in danger almost immediately, putting yourself in a position where, again, you are not ready to handle, that's not hardcore. That's not what's going to make you a better runner. And I know you've heard some of this advice from me before. Great, you're hearing it again. Because I'll tell you what, great advice ages really well. And great advice is like great pizza and great Chinese food. It's even better the next day. So enjoy that advice. Sometimes the best run is no run. All right, now let's assume you have temperatures where it's hot, it's humid, but it's safe, okay? I'm going to give you a few tips on how you can make a hot run a better run. First, don't run during the hottest part of the day. And the hottest part of the day is usually between 2 and 4 or 5 p.m. The sun's at its strongest around noon, though. So just realize that from noon until 5, you're dealing with the sun at its strongest and heat at its greatest, okay? Now, there are the hours preceding that and the hours proceeding that that are also not great times to run. The best time to run when you know you're coming up on a hot day is going to be right before and right after sunrise. Those are, that's the coolest part of the day. It's early, I get it, but if your choice is wake up early or run in extreme dangerous conditions, I'd, I'd get out of bed. Plan ahead, get out of bed. You think it's tough? To wake up early, I'll tell you what, you do an out and back in 115 degrees, coming back might not just be tough, it might be impossible, okay? And passing out on some dark asphalt in the middle of Phoenix is probably not a good idea. So run in the morning, okay? And it's funny because sometimes when I'm giving not so much tips but rules, people are like, ooh, coach, where did this come from? This has always been there. It's just sometimes I need to say it in a way that the people in the back who have convinced themselves that they're superhuman, it needs to get through to them. Most of the people, I get it, you get it, we all get it. There are some people out there who think that it does not apply to them. Now, I will also say this. It's also very selfish because you're putting yourself in a position that will demand other people to come and help you. Suddenly, emergency services needs to come and help you. They have other people they need to help that were in no control of the situation that they were in that warranted help. You 
are in control. You do not need to run at 3 p.m. when it's extremely hot and humid. You do not need to run during a thunder and lightning storm. You do not need to put yourself in those positions. Just know that. Own it. It's a decision made by you. It's a choice made by you. So run the coolest part of the day. Or wait until the sun sets. And believe me, it's going to take some time. If you have a really hot day, just because the sun goes down does not mean that the temperatures drop quickly. It takes time. Also, adjust the run. If you are running in extreme temperatures, if you're running on a hot and humid day, do not assume that you can do the same things that you could normally do on a cool or moderately temperature day. You can't. Because remember, it's all about effort. If you're supposed to go for an easy run, then it's supposed to feel easy. But the numbers may change on your watch depending on the conditions you're in. If you're doing an easy run straight up a hill, sometimes this is the best way to explain it to someone who's like, I don't, I don't get it. If, if I'm running four-minute Ks, then I should be able to run four-minute Ks easy regardless of the conditions. No, you're wrong. If you go for an easy run and the entire easy run is uphill, believe me, in order to do the four-minute Ks that you normally do on a pancake flat boardwalk is going to take a far greater effort going up the hill. You're now doing probably something closer to a tempo run, depending on how steep the hill is, and not an easy run. So no, it's not the same thing. Just like running in moderate temperatures on a day that's not humid with a gentle breeze is going to be easier to click off those four-minute Ks than if you're on a very hot and humid day. It's just reality. And sometimes you just have to understand the reality of the environment, the situation, that you're in and understand that the coach inside you needs to make the best decisions for the athlete that you are. Own that too. Own the decision-making and the choices you're making as an athlete and own the decision-making process and the choices you're making as a coach. Adjust. And there's lots of things you can adjust. You can adjust the pace, the duration, and the distance. Sometimes all you need to do is adjust one of them. Sometimes you need to adjust all three in order to get the best possible run considering the situation you're in. Also, there are little things you can do, like be hydrated before the run. If you think you're going to hydrate on the run, it's already too late. You're not going to be able to hydrate on the run. You can maybe maintain a great level of hydration on the run if you're bringing water and fluids that have electrolytes in there, and you're drinking consistently throughout the run, but you're not going to get hydrated on a hot day while you're running. So be hydrated before the run, which means consistently be hydrated. It's a lifestyle thing. Just be hydrated. Take care of yourself. Most people are slightly dehydrated all the time, and that has an effect on their performance all the time. It has an effect on their ability to focus and concentrate all the time. So just by becoming hydrated, and I think I mentioned this maybe last week, just by becoming hydrated, your performance is going to improve and you're going to be able to focus better and concentrate better. That involves no extra fitness. It just involves drinking some fluids intelligently and consistently throughout the week. Okay, wear clothes that will help and not hinder you on a run when it's hot, which means light colored, which means sweat wicking, 
So that really heavy, cotton, thick t-shirt that you got from that road race 11 years ago, that's maroon, don't wear it, okay? You're basically taunting the sun when you wear that. And it makes everything harder, like the ability for you to cool off. You cool off by sweating. And on humid days, it gets harder to cool off because that sweat does not evaporate on your skin. It just sits there. That's one of the reasons why you overheat. But also, if you're wearing a very thick maroon cotton tee on a very hot and humid day, it is just having that sweat in the shirt there resting on you and just making it harder for you to cool off. Hence, your performance is going to go down and you might even overheat and put yourself in a dangerous situation. So light-colored clothing that's sweat-wicking, that's what you want to wear. Make sure you've got some sunglasses on so you're not squinting. Believe me, I see people on sunny days going for 60, 70, 90-minute runs without sunglasses on or a hat. A hat will help too. And they squint the entire time. That's wasted energy. It's like when you're driving on a road and it's really sunny and the highway is, is like white asphalt and you're squinting and the person next to you has sunglasses and they say, here, wear my sunglasses. And you put them on and your whole face relaxes. Oh, it's bliss. It's the same thing on a run. Wear sunglasses, wear a hat. It'll keep that sun out of your eyes so you're not squinting, okay? Make sure you're wearing sunblock, okay? While you're out there, that radiation from the sun can cause some serious damage. So find a sunblock that works for you. There's a lot of sunblocks now that are for athletes. Look at them, check them out, find out what works for you, and put on sunblock, okay? These are little things that you can do So the run is always something that helps and doesn't hurt you, okay? It seems like a pretty simple rule. Like, I'm going for a run. Let's make sure the run is something that helps me and doesn't hurt me. And let's make sure I'm making choices that make the run easier. And on top of that, like I've been saying with all these tips, let's make choices that help the run and don't hinder the run. Okay, running can be hard, right? I think we all get that. But I think what we sometimes forget is that we can make it harder than it needs to be by the choices that we make, by being dehydrated when we start a run, by running at the hottest part of the day, by running when the sun is at its strongest, by wearing dark, heavy clothing that is only going to make us hotter quicker and less likely to cool off. These are all decisions that we play a part in that make the run harder than it needs to be. And anyone who tells you, the harder you make the run, the better you're going to be, they don't know what they're talking about. There is a time and a place to push. There is a time and a place to run easy. And when you want to run hard, you want it to match a certain effort. If the goal is to run at a seven effort, making it a nine effort is a different run. It doesn't make you better to run the wrong run, which is why we're segueing straight into every run has a purpose. But let me say one last thing about what we were just talking about. Be smart, be safe, take care of yourself, make decisions for yourself that you would feel comfortable making for someone you care about, someone that is meaningful to you, someone you love, okay? Someone whose safety is your priority. That's how you should be making decisions for yourself, about yourself. 
Too often we throw caution to the wind, and some of it might be because we have issues with ourselves and we don't treat ourselves really well. Sometimes we treat ourselves really badly. Stop doing that. Treat yourself like you would treat someone you care about. Have a better relationship with yourself. And one test can be the next time it's going to be hot, are you prepping for it? Are you preparing for it? Are you ready to do the run in the conditions? And can you find better conditions to do them in? Sometimes that's a treadmill inside. Sometimes it's really early in the morning. Sometimes it's later at night. Sometimes it's no run at all. Make the best decisions for you because you care about yourself, okay? All right, let's get into this. Woo, I'm fired up. Yeah, all right, every run has a purpose. Now, if you've run with me before, if you've read some of the stuff that I write, you probably see that phrase, every run has a purpose. It's something that I've been talking about for a long time, okay? I'm not gonna tell you how long, but a long time. I will tell you it's much more than a decade. I will tell you that it's more than two decades. It's been something I've been talking about, and it is maybe the foundation for my philosophy on running. Every run has a purpose. I get asked, well, where did it come from? Where did every run has a purpose come from? Well, I'm going to tell you where it came from. I started coaching in high school in the fall of 2007, and I remember I was the assistant coach, and I remember the head coach um, had to go to a dual meet, and we kept some of the team back at school, and I ran that practice. And it was really early in the year, because this was, I believe, the first time I had a group of athletes to myself. And I sent them out for a run. And I sent them out for an easy run, okay? I was vague on purpose about how far. I didn't really give them a mileage, and I didn't give them a duration. I just said, okay, let's head across the street to Thompson Park. Let's get a good recovery run in. Recovery run is just another way of saying easy run. And when you get back, we'll do some drills. So off they go. And this is, this is some of the older athletes on the team, okay? This is the varsity. The JV was out doing a dual meet. So they come back, and I ask, well, how, how far did you guys go? I think somebody said seven miles. Okay, seven miles. Someone said, ah, six and a half. I said, well, is it six and a half or seven? And they said, uh, I don't know. And I said, well, it's a big difference because if, it's, if you went seven and you went six and a half and you ran with each other the entire time, then you shouldn't be here yet. You're a half a mile behind. Or somehow you skipped a half mile and got here like time machine style. How, I, I don't, is it six and a half or is it seven? And obviously, they're high school athletes. They're not going to say six and a half. They said seven. It was seven miles. Like, okay, well, how, how long did it take? I think somebody said uh, 45 minutes. So was it 46.15? They were like, oh, okay. And I said, well, is it 46.15 or is it 45? Because that's 75 seconds difference. Because if it's 46.15... And you did 45, you should have been here 75 seconds ago. But I saw you run in with them. So is it 45 or is it 46.15? And I think one of them said, well, it's probably 45 because I let my watch go at a couple of the crossings. You know, when we cross the street, this, that, or the other. Okay, so it's 45 minutes. So seven miles, 45 minutes. Okay, so we're looking somewhere around 6.30 mile pace. And they said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, how did it feel? And I, I don't know, fine. And I said, well... Did it feel fine? Did it feel good? Did it feel terrible? Did somebody feel like it was too fast? Did some people feel too slow? And they just looked at me like they had never thought of 
answering these questions. They don't know what they're talking about. I said, all right, never mind. Don't worry about it. How, where, where do we run? Well, we went across Thompson. We went on, you know, along the reservoir and we ran through there and then we did loops over here. I'm like, okay, what were, so what were the splits? And they're like splits. What do you mean? Cause when you go over to Thompson park, they never took splits. I knew that cause I was an athlete at this same high school. We never took splits when we went over there. So well, what were your splits? Uh, what do you mean? I said, well, what, what was like the first couple miles? What was the pace for the first couple miles compared to the last couple miles? Because that'll tell me how you ran the run. Because if the first couple miles are faster than the last couple miles, I imagine you either started out too fast or you finished too slow. It's one of the others. And now I'm going to wonder what was going on in the middle? Like what was happening? You know, so what were the splits? None of them had taken splits, which I knew as well. I was setting them up for this, you know. So then I asked him, I said, why do you think we went over to Thompson? Why do you think I didn't? have you just run here on campus because on campus we have this mile and a half loop where I get to see them every mile and a half and they know where to take splits because they get certain lap times that I want them to run so I want you to do the first loop in 945 then 930 then 920 then 915 then nine minutes and we're done so they know that they have to hit those splits it's a progression run all of that but that's not what we did we went to Thompson I sent them across the street why did why did we go to Thompson and none of them had any idea. I said, well, what kind of run was this? And they said a recovery run. I'm like, okay, well, why do we do recovery runs? Now, listen, I'm not trying to be a jerk to these kids. What I'm trying to get them to do is understand why they went for a run today. What were the purposes of going for a run today? Because if they know the purpose of the run, there's a better chance they're going to do the run the right way. There's, and and. Some people think like, oh, you, you don't want them to run too slow. No, I also don't want them to run too fast. It's a recovery run. So if they get a little hot and bothered or a couple of them get a little bee in their bonnet across the street and start picking it up and they go too fast and they're coming in and they're cranking, high school kids especially will assume it's a better run if it's a faster run. And that is not always the case. Just like sometimes they'll think if it's a slower run, it's a worse run. That's not always the case. What is the purpose of the run? And I told them, the purpose of the run today was for you to get over there and get away from taking all of these splits. So I'm not upset that you didn't take a ton of splits. I would have liked for you to check in every once in a while and see how things are going because I would have liked for you to check in every once in a while and see how everyone feels. I wanted you to go over to Thompson also because I knew that some of the course over there is a little treacherous. There's a lot of roots on the ground, which means you're not going to be able to run too fast when you're running along the reservoir, which was insurance, because I don't want you running too fast today. I also wanted you over there in one group and not three groups because I wanted you to be talking to each other. I wanted you to be having some fun conversations where you're not totally focused on we have to hit this split, we have to hit the next split, we have to do this split. I wanted you to be out of my view. So it could just be the group of you having a fun easy run. I want you to get to know each other a little bit better. It's early in the season. It's important for you to become a better team every single run. I wanted you to recover. I wanted this to be easy. I wanted you to be alone. I wanted you to have fun. That's what I wanted. I wanted to see what you thought an easy run was in terms of distance or duration. You're telling me in your mind you think 45 minutes or seven miles is about what we should be doing for an easy run. That's good for me to know as a coach. I only could figure that out if I told you to cross the street and didn't tell you how far. 
if I didn't tell you how long you were going to decide. So now I know that's where your comfort zone is for a recovery run. That's important for me to know. It's also important for you to realize that. That's where you're at in your training right now where you think seven miles, 45 minutes is an easy recovery run. We have a workout in two days. That's why we're running easy today. We had a workout yesterday. That's why we had an easy run today. We've got a long season with some big goals. That's why you ran as a group today. So you could end the run, not just better as athletes, but closer as a team. So this run had a ton of different purposes, but I want you every day before you press start on your watch, ask yourself, what is the purpose of this run? And if you're confused, ask me, why are we doing this? Because if you know why you're doing what you're doing, you're going to do it better. You're going to make better decisions out there. You're going to stop yourself from making decisions that take away from the real purpose of the run. Because sometimes the numbers won't make sense. Sometimes it's going to be really hot. We already talked about that. Sometimes it's going to be really cold. Sometimes you're going to be more tired than you should be. Which means you're going to have to make adjustments. Because this is supposed to be an easy run. And normally my easy run is, well, it's 7 miles, 45 minutes, around 6.30 pace. But for some reason today, I am dragging. But the purpose is what you need to focus on and not the numbers on your watch. Which means maybe it has to be 7-minute miles. So maybe it's going to take 50 minutes to do seven miles or maybe you're running 45 minutes but it's only six and a half because you had to back off the pace so the effort matched the purpose every run has a purpose that was a massive conversation for the team and it was a massive conversation for me as a coach because I knew that as an athlete it took me years to figure that out as an athlete and I realized this one conversation fast forwarded years for these athletes into levels of understanding and knowledge for the sport, which is the job of a coach. Job of a coach is that these athletes need you less and less and less every single time they meet with you, not that they need you more and more and more. And that one conversation on that one day, every athlete walked away and they needed me as a coach a little bit less. Every run has a purpose. Now, I've been focusing on just the physical aspects. But there are mental, emotional, mindful aspects. I hinted at it a little bit. I wanted them to have fun and get closer as a team. That's just as important as the other stuff. Which is why I want to spend some time now talking about those kinds of purposes that a run can have and should have. Because every single run you do has a running purpose and some non-running purposes. I mentioned the purpose of a recovery run. I define recovery as taking back something or things that were lost or stolen from you during the day. That's what recovery is defined as. So it could be that over the course of the day, you had stolen from you some of your confidence, some of your strength, some of your peace of mind. And a recovery run plays a part in bringing those things back to you. A recovery run is about recovering, taking back pieces of you that were lost or stolen during the day. So you end the run as a more holy version of yourself. W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy version of yourself. You want the end of a recovery run to be about bringing strength back into your body. You want it to be about bringing strength back into the mindful and mental side of you. You want to end a recovery run as more you 
and not less you. That's a recovery run. A speed run, obviously there are physical benefits to a speed run. A speed run can help you become a more efficient runner. A speed run can help you develop not just speed, but a different type of endurance, endurance at certain paces. It can callous you to certain paces and certain efforts that you normally cannot work on during a recovery run. And speed runs are fun. Speed runs are great confidence builders. Speed runs are ways for you to deal with fears about running fast and pushing yourself and challenging yourself. There are so many reasons why you do a speed run that don't have to do with the running side of it. You want to do a speed run because you want to challenge yourself. You want to develop more confidence. You want to feel more powerful. You want to be a little scared. You want to get on a line and say, okay, can I do this? Can I run this fast? What happens if I try to do this? That's exciting, which is another reason why you do speed runs. You want to be excited. You want to feel alive. Why do you do long runs? You do long runs to build endurance, to callous yourself mentally and physically to long stretches, whether you're measuring it by distance or duration, time on feet, distance traveled. There are things that happen physically as you go on long runs, okay? Where you have a better ability to process oxygen, to carry oxygen. We could get into mitochondria. You know about mitochondria, right? I mean, come on. The powerhouses of the cell. Come on. Mitochondria. We're not going to talk about mitochondria right now, but long runs play a part in your mitochondria. Look it up. It's a lot of fun. Science is pretty awesome, but there are so many more reasons beyond the physical for why you do a long run. I mentioned endurance and I spoke about the physical aspect of endurance, but if you look up the definition of endurance, one of the definitions is to remain in existence. So one of the reasons why I believe we do long runs is to remain in existence, to remind ourselves we exist, to endure. It is a great reminder that we endure, we continue, we progress, we're still moving forward, we are here, we are vital, we are alive. And that is a great reason to build endurance, a reminder that you are here and you exist. You have a purpose. That's a pretty badass reason to go for a long run. A pretty badass purpose. Don't you agree? I hope so. Because it's a badass reason to go for a long run. So every run has a purpose. Many purposes. Right? So yeah. There are so many purposes. And you know what else is a great purpose? You want to get a kick-ass breakfast after the long run. Getting breakfast after a long run is a fantastic idea and purpose for going on a long run. When I ran for the Nike farm team, we would go and get breakfast after every single long run as a team at Joni's Cafe on California Avenue in Palo Alto, California. Oh, baby, best place ever for breakfast. It was amazing. And it was one of the things that motivated us in the morning to get out of bed and do this long run. It was one of the reasons, primary reasons, that we got together and went for long runs together. It brought us together. The long run brought us together, and Joni's brought us together. You can decide which came first, the chicken or the egg. I don't know which one. I don't know if it was Joni's or the long run. I don't know. Point is, we came together. That was one of the purposes of the long run as far as I was concerned. 
coming together with my team out there on the trails and then again around a table to break bread and eat. Sometimes the purpose of the run is because you need some time alone. You need to get out of the house or get out of the dorm or get away from work and just have some time alone. Sometimes it is to come together, like I mentioned with my team for those long runs. Sometimes the purpose of the run is to just be in nature. Sometimes it's to hit the trails and, and, and see the small little woodland creatures and, and hear the crickets and the birds sing and the leaves. That's one of the purposes of why you go on runs, to be in nature. Sometimes it's to explore your city, your neighborhood, your town. Sometimes it's to explore the new park, the new trail. There are so many purposes for every run, and sometimes the purpose can change on the run. I've gone off on runs that are supposed to be super easy, and suddenly I'm in the middle of the woods, and I just say, you know what? I got nothing going on the next couple days, and I feel good. I'm just going to crank, and I throw down until I can't anymore. Why? Because I felt like it. Suddenly the purpose changed from going for an easy run to saying, I want to breathe fire. I want battery acid to course through my veins. I want to push myself. Okay, flip the switch, rock and roll, let's go. Sometimes it's the opposite. I head out on a run thinking I'm going to run hard, and I realize, not today. I need to back off for whatever reason, and it becomes an easy run. The purpose changes. That's okay. The point is, have purposes to every run. If you can do that, you'll be more likely knowing the purpose and the spirit of the run you're doing to make needed adjustments like a great coach or a great athlete would, which means you're more likely to have the best run for you. And if you can string together best runs for you, you're going to become the best version of yourself out there on the roads or the trails or on the treadmill or the tracks, whatever. The key is starting that run and thinking, why am I doing this run? What is the purpose of this run? The purpose of this run is I just had a crap day at work. I need some time to just get rid of the pressure and the anxiety and the tension and the stress from today. Okay, you're more likely not to beat yourself up on the run if you know what the point is. Knowing the purpose of the run is for you to relax, for you to have a nice run, for you to end the run having dealt with some of the stress and anxiety of the day. If you head into a run and say, what's the purpose of the run? Well, I'm doing a tempo run. The purpose of this is I got to do 5K of tempo running, and I know it's going to get uncomfortable because that's what a tempo run is. It's working on being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Well, when the time comes in the tempo run where you start to feel uncomfortable, you don't panic because you remember this is the purpose of the run. I'm not running this tempo run the wrong way. I'm not weak. I'm not soft. I'm not a crap runner because I'm uncomfortable. I'm doing exactly what I need to do because the purpose of this run is to deal with being uncomfortable. Bingo. I'm doing a great job. You stop yourself from making bad decisions. You give yourself a better chance to make good decisions. Every run has a purpose. What is your purpose and purposes today? That's what you ask before you press start on the watch. That's what you ask when you check in with yourself. Just like you check in with yourself and you do 
A breathing systems check. How's my breathing going? Okay, let's take back control of the run by taking back control of my breathing. Or you do a form check where you're doing everything from is my face relaxed? Is my chin slightly leading my chest? Are my shoulders down? Are my arms driving? Like you go through all of these things. You should also have a purpose check every once in a while. Am I matching the purpose of the run with my effort, my mentality? Yes or no? Am I matching the purpose of this run in spirit? Yes or no? Am I overly focusing on the numbers instead of focusing on the effort and what I'm supposed to be doing? Yes or no? Do I need to change the purpose of the run because of other factors like the weather or what went on today or what happened on the run? Okay. These are things you put into your run to help your run be a better run. And if you can put together better runs, you become a better runner. Ba-ding, bada-boom, bada-ding, right? So... Every run has a purpose. Now you know where it comes from. Now you know why I think it's so important and fundamental to every single person going for a run. And that's why if you've run with me, I tell you explicitly over and over why we're doing what we're doing. From a coaching perspective, I have no idea why a coach would have a problem answering the question, hey, coach, why are we doing this? I have no problem telling you. And I don't even wait for you to ask. I'd rather you know. Maybe you're shy. Maybe you're not. It doesn't matter to me. I know you're going to have a better run knowing why we're doing what we're doing. It's the same thing with drills. It's the same thing with strength training. It's the same thing with stretching. I let you know why we're doing it. So you understand that we're not doing stuff for no reason. There is a purpose. And it's to get you better. It's so you leave better than when you showed up. And I tell you why we're doing it so you need me less and less and less. So the next time we do something, you don't need to ask because you already know. Because you're becoming a better coach and not just a better runner. That's why every practice has a purpose too. Okay? All right. That was pretty good. I feel good. I'm fired up. I should feel fired up. I love talking about it. So, all right. We're moving on to the next stretch, which is the mailbag. And no, I don't have a jingle yet. But... We're working on it, and by we, I mean me, working on a jingle. All right, let's get to the mailbag. I'm trying to crinkle the papers. My mom asked for me to crinkle the papers. Okay, the first one, this is a special one for me. This comes from Dr. George Sheehan, who is the son of Dr. George Sheehan, who is one of the founders of the high school I went to and also had a long-running column in Runner's World. He's one of the great philosophers of the sport, Uh, He passed away when I was a senior in high school. And uh, yeah, this is from his son, who goes by the same name, George Sheehan. And it says, Coach, what is heroic? Why should we care about heroism? And who is your hero? Now, here's the thing. Dr. George Sheehan, who wrote this, uh, questioned to me, his father, uh, like I said, was one of the great philosophers of the sport of running, an incredible artist uh, with, with, the, the, with words. And I remember that he had a line about heroism and being heroic, if I had remembered correctly. So I did a little digging, and I am correct. So my answer, Dr. Sheehan, to your question, I'm going to quote your father who wrote, each one of us must be his or her own hero. I love that. That's right. Just like I tell you, you got to be your own best coach. You got to be your own best friend. You got to be your best own teammate and your best own fan. You should be your own hero. So 
special shout out to the Sheehan family. Thank you for the question, Doc. And uh, yeah, I'll answer that. I'll say I'm my own hero. I have other heroes as well, but I'm one of those. So cheers. Thank you so much for the question. Okay, we got time for another question. Uh, This one comes from Kevin Rierick. Kevin, thank you so much for the letter. I read it, I think, on another podcast. I'm going to have to address some of the things in your letter because it was just such a powerful letter that you wrote me. So thank you for that. I'm going to answer one of your questions that you wrote. So I have my choice of picking. So I will choose one right now. Okay, here's the question. How can I get the most out of repeating the same training program guided runs when I've done them before? All the wordplay and surprises aren't as surprising the second or third time around. Great question. Simple answer, though, because it's a simple question. You need to remember you're not the same person. So yes, what I'm saying may be the same thing, but you're not the same person hearing them. So what you need to do, and this makes it a little bit more active from a mindful perspective, you have to listen to it with new ears. Because guess what? They are. And I'm talking about what's in between the ears. You have new experiences. You have more miles, meters, and minutes on the bottom of those shoes. You are not the same person that ran this run before. So don't let the run be the same run. Actually, Tammy and I answered a question recently on Two Coach Bennett's podcast. The question was, what movies did you see as kids that you wish you hadn't seen until you were adults? And I thought that was a fascinating question. But I'm okay with having seen something as a kid that maybe I should have waited till I was an adult because when I watched it as an adult, it was a totally different experience. I noticed things that I hadn't noticed previously. I'll give you actually an example of Tammy and I went and saw Shrek when it first came out, the first one. So this is a long time ago. We were living in California. We didn't have kids yet. I don't think we were even married. And it, we, we saw it obviously in an audience full of kids with their parents. And what would happen is, you know, Shrek, Shrek is incredibly well-written and it's, it's fun and it's a cartoon animation But a lot of it is really adult wordplay and themes. And there were these parts where everyone would laugh in the theater. And then there were other parts where only the adults would laugh. And then there'd be like a two-second pause. And you'd hear a 100 kids tugging on their parents' sleeves saying, what was so funny? What was so funny? And I think that's what's interesting. Because these kids now are in their 20s. When they watch Shrek now... They're laughing at the jokes that their parents were laughing at because they've now experienced the world in a way where they understand what's going on. So I think what you need to do is every time you do a guided run for a second time or a third time or a fifth time, go into it, listening to it for the first time as this version of you because this is the first time you're listening to it as this version of you. You've listened to it before. But those were other models. Those were older models. This is the newer, more experienced model. So go in with a fresh set of ears. I know people always say fresh set of eyes, but we're going to go with a fresh set of ears. That's what I would say. That would be my recommendation. Experience it all for the first time as this version of you. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about what's next because we are coming down the final straightaway of this episode, episode seven, Every Run Has a Purpose of Coach Bennett's podcast. So what's coming up? Well, 
I'm a track and field dork. I'm a runner, and there's some hot track and field action that is taking place overseas in Europe right now, leading up to the World Championships in the middle of August. They're going to be taking place in Budapest, Hungary. But if you're a runner, I don't care if you consider yourself a fast runner or a slow runner. If you run, you should start to follow the sport. Be a fan of the sport. You will start to enjoy your own running even more if you can be a fan of the sport. So I'll put a couple links of some cool places, some websites, uh, people to follow that will at least give you, um, will open the door to you into the sport. All right. So look out for that in the show notes. Recently dropped a Coach Bennett's newsletter. So if you haven't subscribed to that, I would get on the wagon there because I'm going to be dropping another one in just a few days. There's a companion podcast to the Coach Bennett's newsletter for people um, that are subscribing and supporting um, the newsletter with donations. So that's an option for you as well. I've also been pretty busy on threads, which I notice I'm using a lot more than Twitter. So if you haven't followed me on threads yet, I'm at Coach Bennett. And I'm already looking ahead to episode eight. It's going to be another banger. So hopefully you've subscribed. And by the way, if you do subscribe or follow, whether it's on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, it really actually does make a big difference. So thank you so much for listening. But also, if you could, give me a follow or give me a subscribe for the podcast. And if you are enjoying the show please give a review and a rating. Like I said, it really, really does make a big difference. Um, Yes, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for giving me a part of your time. I know it is valuable because it's limited. You got a finite amount of it. and I just took up some of it. I hope it was worthwhile. Thank you so much. Be good to yourself. Be good to each other. See you on the next starting line.